What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So today I want to talk about the closest MVP votes in history. I was just reading about this on MLB.com and I thought it was something cool to share. After looking into it, there there have been some very close ones, even in recent years. And um, you know, without looking into it further, you might not have even known how close these votes are. You know, people usually just see, oh, this guy won, but they don't really look to see, obviously. I mean, because it doesn't really matter who got second place because they didn't win. But, you know, it's it's interesting to see how close it might be. So, um, I mean, basically the way MVP voting works is that, uh, you know, you, you have an AL MVP and an NL MVP, and it's voted on by the Baseball Writers Association of America. It's been done since 1931, and they have 60 members, two from each city. And they have a weighted scoring system. And each writer ranks their top 10 candidates for MVP. And they'll give 14 points for first. So I'll go from first place vote to 10th place vote. So it goes 14 points, 9 points, 8 points, 7 points, 6 points, 5 points, 4 points, 3 points, 2 points, and 1 point. So that, that's how it goes. And um, so basically, like, you notice towards the top of the list, like first, second, and like basically a first place vote has 14 points, but then it's nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. So a first place vote has way more uh, distance between it and the second place vote, but everything else only has one point separating it from the place below, if that makes any sense. So it's 14, then nine, then it's just decreases by one point every slot. So it, it really helps you to get first place votes, obviously. That's how it works. I hope that kind of clears it up. I don't know if I explained that well, but that's how it goes. But that, that's that's the way it's used today. Um, that, that, that's been the case since 1938. But from 1931 to 1937, it was that only one writer from each league city voted. And the first place vote was worth 10 points. Um, but, you know, they, they've changed the voting a little bit over the years, but nonetheless, that's essentially how it goes. You, you know, you get a lot more uh, credit for getting first place votes. So let's just jump right into it. The first is the closest was actually 1979 when there was a tie between Willie Stargell and Keith Hernandez. They each received 216 points, and this was the National League MVP, the 1979 National League MVP, and this ended up being a tie. Um, and the explanation behind this one, it still remains kind of odd because Willie Stargell had a really fine season, but it was still underwhelming by his standards. And he was 39 years old. He was worth only two and a half wins above replacement by baseball reference. And he played only 126 games. Keith Hernandez was worth 7.6 war. And he had the highest batting average in the majors and the highest adjusted OPS, you know, OPS plus that's 151. His average was 344, by the way. So in hindsight, you know, you would probably pick Keith Hernandez. But where it got weird was that Willie Stargell received 10 first place votes, which was six more than Keith Hernandez. And he was actually, uh, he being Willie Stargell, was actually left off of four ballots entirely, while Hernandez was the only player included on every ballot. So it, it was the weirdest thing. So, I mean, you have a guy who, who received way more first place votes than than anyone else but he was also left off of some ballots entirely 
But it was a perfect storm that kind of led to the only tie in MVP history. So 1979 was a co-MVP between two guys, Willie Stargell and Keith Hernandez. Moving on, the the next closest there have been a one there has been a one point gap twice. It happened in 1947 for the AL MVP and 1944 for the NL MVP. In 1947, it was between Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. This was the year that Ted Williams – so Joe DiMaggio won it. Um, uh, Ted Williams was the runner-up. He was one point below. And this was a year where Ted Williams won the Triple Crown in 1947. I mean, it was close. I can go into the numbers and, and all that, but uh, I'm, I'm not going not gonna to bog you guys down with all the numbers because you could always look that up. But needless to say, Joe DiMaggio definitely benefited from the fact that the Yankees won the AL pennant while the Red Sox finished third. And, um, yeah, I mean, Boston fans will will, uh, never live that one down because a triple crown is pretty rare, but it is what it is. The 1944 NL MVP was also separated by one point. This was won by Marty Marion, and the runner-up was Bill Nicholson. I mean, these are guys that most people have never really heard of. But um, one fun fact is that Marty Marion was on the Cardinals, and some people even argued that he wasn't even the best player on his team. His his teammate Stan Musial had a nine and a half WAR that year, while Marty Marion had a four point six WAR. Obviously, wins over replacement wasn't a thing back then, and I mean Stan the man just had had a crazy year: nine and a half WAR, fifty one doubles to lead the majors, and a crazy slash line. But he wasn't even you know one of the top two candidates. The next one, a two-point gap. This is this is a very recent one. This happened in 2017 when John Carlos Stanton just edged out Joey Votto for the National League MVP. I mean, this is the year. I mean, fun to watch. John Carlos Stanton absolutely captivated baseball with his chase for 60 home runs, while Joey Votto was quietly putting up his best season since winning the MVP in 2010. I mean, Votto played in all 162 games. He had 320 with 36 bombs, good for an 8.1 war, just ahead of Stanton's 8.0. Both of them received 10 first-place votes, but Stanton received one additional second and third-place vote more than Votto, and that's what ultimately made the difference, a two-point gap. I mean, it's extremely close, but John Carlo ended up winning that, and that was really recently. I mean, unfortunately, we haven't seen um, Stanton as healthy as he was in 2017 because if he if he stayed healthy for, um, you know, if, if he stayed healthy for, a full season, we would see this dude hit 50-plus dingers every year in Yankee Stadium, but that just hasn't been done. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy, but it is what it is. So, the next is, you know, you have a few times that this was a three-point gap. Uh, A notable one is 1996, A-Rod was second place to the winner, who was Juan Gonzalez in Texas. Uh, this was A-Rod's first full season. He was age 20. He had 358 his first full season in the bigs, the highest batting average for a player that young. He had 36 bombs, led the MLB with 54 doubles. But, you know, Juan Gonzalez for the Rangers won it. He had 47 bombs, 144 ribbies. And, you know, he won the MVP that year by three points over A-Rod. The other time there was a three-point three, three point gap was in 1960 for the AL MVP. Roger Maris edged out Mickey Mantle. Uh, Roger Maris made a huge impact his first season with the Yankees. He had just come over in an offseason trade with the A's. And, um, you know, he ended up leading the AL in RBIs, extra base hits, and slugging. 
while finishing second to Mickey Mantle in home runs. Mantle had 40, Maris had 39, but you know, it, it was it was enough for Maris to win this by three points. And believe it or not, yet again, the following year, this time it was a four-point gap, Roger Maris edged out Mickey Mantle again for the AL MVP in 1961. Uh, this time it was a four-point gap. I mean, this was a great home run race in 1961. Um, I mean, they, they chased Babe Ruth's single-season record. I mean, it, it was pretty crazy. But Roger Maris came out ahead of this. And, I mean, if, if you look at it through, I mean, in hindsight, with more advanced stats, you will see Mantle had by far a better season and he was snubbed. Uh, I mean, Mantle had a 10.4 war to Maris's 6.9. Uh, he had a 206 OPS plus to Maris's 167. But uh, Maris received seven first place votes over Mantle's six. And that's basically what made up for the difference. I mean... It's crazy because hindsight's twenty twenty. When you go back and look at the look at these, you wonder why, like how there could have been such a huge discrepancy, but in some of these votings. But it is what it is. I mean, you can't you can't use modern day statistics to you know to blame voters back in the day because they didn't have that. They didn't have the benefit of that. So, I mean, th this list goes on and on, and and it does you know kind of you know keep going. There, there are some some interesting ones, but the gap gets bigger. I just kind of shared the ones that where the gaps were really small, like, you know, ties, one, two, three, and four point gaps, anything beyond that, I guess it becomes more clear. But I thought I would give you guys those top few. And those are some interesting storylines. Uh, you know, if you want to check it out, you can go to MLB.com and look at, um, you know, an article talking about this. I think it's it's pretty exciting to, to understand where that came from. So this, just thought I would share that with you guys today. But that's going to do it. If you enjoyed this, Please share out someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.